This is episode 10 of the Chicken Charge podcast with host Mary Parker. Today's guest is jazz singer Linda Ransom. Linda hails from Connecticut and has worked with world-renowned jazz artists like Wynton Marsalis and bassist Desron Douglas. She's performed in London, Paris, Nagano, and Matsumoto, Japan, and throughout the U.S., With a smoky, rich voice, Linda's singing style is inspired by the great ladies of jazz, but she absolutely has her own style. Sharing a rich voice with a lot of history, you can hear her life in the dulcet tones of her sound. Give Linda a listen. Welcome to the Chicken Charge. All-in-One Security CEO Mary Parker celebrates the success of women in the world of business and in life. Mary's own humble beginnings in rural Mississippi led her to become one of the only African-American females running a multi-million dollar security firm. She is definitely the chick in charge. Here now is Mary Parker. Hello, hello, hello. I am Mary Parker, CEO at All-in-One Security and the host of The Chick in Charge, along with my sidekick, Sarah Smith of Solutions Road. And Sarah, aren't we excited today? I am so happy that our friend is here today. Oh my gosh, and we're gonna have, she's, we're gonna ask her to sing a couple of notes while she's on, correct? Yep, 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 we are, and, and I know she's gonna do it. She's gonna do it. Great, great, we have with us today none other than the lovely, magnificent Linda Ransom, a jazz singer, and I mean she's a singer. You'll hear her on the show. And as we're interviewing you today, we just want you to think of some of the things that you can add and share with our listening audience that some of your lessons learned, Mm. some of your inspirational moments that you just want to share with them. Okay. So, Sarah, before we move any further. With Linda Ransom. With Linda Ransom. right here. (laughs) We're going to. I'm so organized that sometimes I'm unorganized. I I am, too. So I understand. Gotcha. I I, I know where you're at. And. I didn't take my ginkgo biloba this morning. <laughs> that always helps. Uh, of course it helps. <laughs> I didn't take it. Really? <laughs> I have to. You have to share as well. <laughs> right. Well, Linda likes to go by Jazzy Girl. So we can use that, I think, if you if you want. Um, so you're from Connecticut, my yes, dear. Yes. So how does a how does a blues singer start in Connecticut? Well, actually, I started as a uh, R&B singer, ah. and uh, then I moved on to a little bit of blues, and then I'm a jazz vocalist. Um, but I moved from Connecticut to Atlanta when my husband got a job offer that we couldn't refuse. Wow! So how long have you been singing? Forever. Ooh, since I was five. Oh. I think I discovered that I had a voice when I was five. Were you encouraged by the family? Oh, please. My mother thought I was the best thing. She couldn't understand why somebody didn't come knock on our door and wow. say, can we take your daughter with us? Wow. At, at age five? <laughs> I think I was about seven, eight years old then, okay, well, that singing was, in the choir. That was still very early. Yeah. My, uh, my daughter and my niece, because we like to sing to Linda. Oh. However, we can't carry a tune across the street. <laughs> and my daughter and niece tell us to stick with what we do well, which is speaking. Uh-huh. Because if we were ever discovered as singers, 
they would never ever see their moms. <laughs> so that is really, really great. Yeah. And so as a young person, you act, did you start in the church choir as most of us did? Of course, of, of course. course. By the time I was like 13, 14 years old, I was really uh, in the choir. And uh, we had a choir director, her name was Miss Elsie, I'll never forget her. She had long, long fingernails, and she would play the piano, and you'd hear those nails clicking on the piano. But she always had this, this yardstick standing right beside Ow. the piano. And when she said, sing, you either, you either S-A-N-G or she would hit you with that, that yardstick. <laughs> and I never wanted to get hit. So when she would say, Linda, come up here and sing this song, I'm, I'm gone. I had no stage fright whatsoever from the very beginning because I knew that Miss Elsie wouldn't allow it. <laughs> you know, that's, that's incredible how those, those little things yes. instill so, much, so many qualities within us. Oh, yeah. You know, one of the things I really like about working with children today is to work with that child at five, six, seven years old who knows exactly what they want to do. They're already career pathing and shadowing and all of that. Mm -hmm. I have three children with our foundation, the Mary Parker Foundation, Raising Other Generations. I identified three children, very young. One wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. I believe she was five years old when she declared that. The other wanted to be an artist. And another young man wanted to be an attorney. And I'm so happy today, Linda, to share that because of the things we did to embrace those children, those talents, and really push them forward, neither of the three, neither of those three students changed their career focus. Wow, that's wonderful. We have, a, we have one in med school right now. We have one who graduated last year with a fine arts degree, and we have a law student. Wow. That so go is figure. Fabulous. And here you are, starting fabulous. at age five, <laughs> discovering who you were, and here you are, this fabulous, famous blues singer today. Well, I don't know how famous I am. Oh, you're famous. You are definitely <laughs> I famous. I have no trouble finding information. <laughs> yeah. So in terms no. of in terms of these, you know, let, let's think young people and also people. Yes here in Atlanta because Atlanta is now the number one city in the world yes. for people with interest in entertainment to yes. be discovered. What are some of the things you would say to those young people if they're in school and you know, if, even if they're out of school, what advice would you give them in terms of finding themselves? Well, I, I, I really truly believe that uh, those of us who were put on this earth to sing or perform, act, dance, whatever it is, we know it when we're young. We know it. So don't let it go. Just as those students that you were referring to knew exactly what they wanted to do and they did that. I think that, that sometimes um, parents, they were given from God a concert pianist and they tried to turn that concert pianist into a ballerina. I love it. <laughs> love it. You Great gotta, analogy. You gotta stick with the concert pianist. <laughs> you gotta. You've gotta help me with this. What's that? Oh. Jagged edge. <laughs> yeah. Because Evelyn told me to ask. She is so out of touch with everything. She is. Yeah. Because I told her. I said, so what? They don't have anything to do with me. No. I'm. I'm not serious. They I do have a lot not. to do with me. I know me. you are. They're my sons, two of them. Yeah. Oh, we want to hear the story. Yes, please. Uh, they're the two writers and the two lead singers. For Jagged Edge. For Jagged Edge, yeah. yeah. Great band. Great and group. they are um, identical twins. Yep. And they are two very different 
people. Wow. Identical twins look exactly alike. Yes, they do. I remember when they were in school, the teachers would say, oh, Miss Linda, please don't send them to school in the same colors. <laughs> so I wouldn't. <laughs> and they never put them in the same classroom. Oh. But they discovered that they looked alike at a very young age. Yeah. And they would change shirts, and one would go to the other one's math class. I think one of them probably can't count. <laughs> Mary is laughing, <laughs> and she cannot make any noise. They were little I, bitty boys they, when they discovered how much they looked alike. Mm -hmm. I think maybe Mary would have done that if she <laughs> oh could Oh, my have. gosh, yes. I'm thinking There's of that. And I'm thinking of the fact that it's boys, too. You know, I have this love uh, for boys. I have yes. a daughter and three grand three granddaughters, you know. So I'm always looking for these boys because boys have them. Their stories and the things they do is so incredible. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, Unbelievable. you know, I used to tease, truly, I used to tease my parents. I'd tell my father that I was really his firstborn son <laughs> because I was such a tomboy <laughs> as a little girl. And That's I told good. dad, I said, I'm your firstborn son. Who yeah. would ever have thought that looking back over my life, that I truly was my dad's first son. You were. <laughs> because I stayed in that area. Mm -hmm. I stayed in the environments where it was all men mm -hmm. or specifically dominated men. Mm -hmm. It was you know? interesting. My mother always tried to get me to learn how to sew. And I was like, ugh. And I shared a room with my brother growing up because my grandma lived with us. Well, let me just say so this to was, you. you know. My mother made sure I learned how to sew. Well, it's good. No, it wasn't. I hate no. sewing. Okay. Because I, I like to sew as long as I can sew when I want to. Exactly. My mother would give me assignments like, oh, you need to make your sisters their coats and dresses for Easter Sunday. Gotcha. So now I got a deadline. And then every day she and was pressure. Like, have you worked on it? No. Well, you need to get yourself in there and get stuck. <laughs> yep. I, I, I ended up not liking um, uh, sewing at all. Right. And now that I'm older, now I'm back to it. Now okay. I'm doing some things. Yeah, I used to use crazy glue. <laughs> not crazy even, glue. Even in home economics, they'd say, <laughs> just sew this together. I'd sneak in the crazy glue. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm are sorry. Are you serious? Yes, yeah, I, I can am. say that with you, Sarah. I did. Yeah, <laughs> but like, that's a good one, though, Sarah. I know, I'm gonna right? remember that. I was the first one to finish whenever I had to be sewing something. I just oh used, my goodness, which I got from my dad. That's very smart. <laughs> you were the chicken charge. I knew I did not want to sew an octopus. Thank you. What was the point? That Please. is a fun story. Oh, that is such a fun story. So, Linda, you know, as we as we talk and have fun here today, and you look back over your life and you know and, and you know thinking about how you are today yes. what would be an advice you'd give to your younger self if you had that opportunity um, I think that younger Linda was just so much more adventurous than older Linda is and I think that if I were to tell her anything it would be just slow down just slow down a little bit it's gonna work out amazing <laughs> just slow down <laughs> we've been hearing this yeah and oh, you yeah. know that seems like a common thread yeah. with the baby yes. boomers what do you think I, I think, think with I think just looking at when you look at how you are when you're young yes yeah it's just it's, slow it down some yeah because it was coming do you think we didn't have to rush it let me ask you this question sure. on top of Mary's very good question okay would you have listened if someone said slow down? No. Right. That's <laughs> no, and that, that's true with me as well, um, yeah. uh -huh. Sarah. I know you know my story pretty well now. You got a great story. And my mom, my mom always said it was nine of us, and when we were all together, she always made the announcement that I was her worst child. What? 
Yes, but think about that. Think about that now. That's horrible. Think about it now. And, and with our children, we have those children within the same household as with your boys who are totally different. And earlier we had a guest and she talked about the fact that she has 12 different people going on in her head. And you know, the analogy there is our parents sometimes like employers, teachers, tend to want to deal with that same personality they become accustomed to. And treating that individual that way and they want to do it all the time. Absolutely. Do you I think understand. we, as now that we look back at ourselves, you know, when we were younger, you think it would have been a little bit more helpful had our parents and neighborhood been a little bit more flexible with us? Oh, without a doubt. Because we were all, we were so different yes, yes. than the others. I know within our household, they tried to use the same formula yeah. in rearing me as they did with the other kids. In well, ours as well. But my mother did recognize that I was different. She did recognize that. So she did kind of treat me differently than what she treated the other girls. She gave me more responsibility. She allowed me to have a little bit, and I do mean a very little bit, more leniency when it comes to <laughs> you know coming and going and that kind of thing. But with my sons, I was totally opposite of my mother. I let them dictate to me where they were headed and what they liked and what they wanted to do. And they were so very different, even as babies, that I said, okay, I'm not going to be able to raise them the same. That's so interesting. But let me tell you, the, the, the best thing of all was one day, I think they were about 24 years old, they came to me and their dad and they said, um, you know, we were talking about things from the past and they said, you know, I always thought that you treated Brian with a lot more leniency and, you know, you let him get away with more and you expected less of him. And we were like, really? You think that? And he said, like, yeah, that was Brandon. Two or three days later, Brian comes to us and said, well, you know, I think um, you treated Brandon, gave him a little bit more leniency and, you know, you let him get away with more. And we said, really? So we looked at each other and said, wow, we were perfect parents. <laughs> <laughs> we made both of them think they were being treated better than the other one. <laughs> That's that perfect. was wonderful. That is so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, so perfect. <clears throat> you know, our mother did a great job as well because oh, yeah. uh, it was six girls. She had three older girls, my older sister, myself, and, and one after me. And, you know, even in the country, there was a big difference, even though we weren't, we weren't supposed to recognize that. But with our mom, it was a matter of whether she would allow her children to be like all the other kids in the neighborhood. Right. And, you know, when it's time to go to the cotton fields, we would go as well. Wow. But she said, no way. Mm. Not my girls. When dad suggested it was time for us to go to work, mom mm. said, no way, not my girls. Mm. They're going to get an education. What are some of the things today that as a mother, as the head of the household, because many households are led by women today. Absolutely. Any ideas that, you know, having raised your kids and, you, you know, your mom noted that you were a little different, what are some of the things you would say to parents today in terms of, being observant and identify the difference and not try to make it fit in that box that they're accustomed to. Yeah. I think that, that especially in African-American homes, we have a tendency to uh, rule with an iron fist, uh, especially when it comes to the children. You mm -hmm. said you come from a family of nine children. Yes. I come from a family of 11. Yes, you understand. And of the 11, uh, none of us have more than three children. 
Uh, and it wasn't because it wasn't great growing up in a big family. It's just that um, for myself, I knew I never wanted to have but one child. And God said, oh, well, let me give her two at one time. At one time. time. <laughs> <laughs> but he knows, uh, right? He knows best, okay? <laughs> and and, and it, it, it was the best thing for me because I think that had I raised an only child, he would have been the biggest brat that ever lived on this earth. I would have been awful as a mother because I would have allowed him to get away with everything. Oh, gosh. You know, I need for you to have a conversation with my only child, a daughter. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, Mary. <laughs> We're going to say no to that one. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. No. That would really be fun. I really want to ask Linda to sing sure. something. Oh, my goodness. Even okay. if it's just a, like 30 seconds, just any, and something you like. <laughs> you something could, you like. Let me, let me say this. I sing this to my grandbabies all the time. And they always, I don't care what they're doing. They're very calm, and they just sit there and stare at me. Brilliant. So I love to sing it. And it's just this part of this song. The song is um, uh, The Very Thought of You. But there's mm. a verse in The Very Thought of You that I sing to my grandbabies all the time. The very thought of you And I forget to do Those little ordinary things that everyone ought to do. I see a face in every flower, your eyes in stars above. It's just the thought of you, the very thought of you that I love. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. We got our own personalized performance okay, here today. Thank chills. you, Linda. Wow. I the chills. No, oh, wow. Chills. no music. That was all voice. And she just pulled it out of her head. You pulled well, that note out of your head, well, and boom. Well, I tell you what. Right? It's early in the day. No, but I get The it. voice has not awakened yet. Oh, my gosh. That's my favorite line. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Sure. You hear music in your head. Yes. And then you can pull that note. That's identical. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So is that perfect? Is that what perfect pitch is? No, perfect pitch is knowing what key you're in, okay. and saying that you're in B flat, and then you pull out B. That's perfect pitch. Okay. I don't have perfect pitch. Oh, I that was. Good. I would probably just pulled out an E. I just have a good ear for okay. music. That's okay. all. That was know. great. I could see. I could see you sort of settling back for a second and, and thinking about <laughs> what does it sound like in my head. Yeah, yeah. And amazing, amazing. Thank you. Well, you definitely had some great role models in oh. your list. I looked at her list of singers, oh. those who motivated you. Please, oh, please. my gosh. Those ladies. Nancy Wilson. Please. Oh, when I was growing up, Nancy Wilson, I was going to look exactly like her when I became and you remind a you of her. Yes, yes I do. loved it. I loved it. She was yes. one of my greats. Yes. And, and then we have, I think I saw Dinah. D Dinah Washington. Washington. Let me tell you about Dinah Washington. My mom, you know, every Saturday morning, I think in every black household in America, every Saturday morning you get up and you're cleaning. My mother would get us up and we'd get to clean in the house because as soon as you got it clean, you could go out to play the rest of the day. 
So my mother would get us up and we'd get everything cleaned up and whatnot. And while we're cleaning, in the background on the stereo is playing Dinah Washington and Brooke Benton oh and my God. Ella Fitzgerald yeah. and, you know, we're like, whatever. Not paying any attention whatsoever because we were in the 60s where it was Gladys Snyder, Aretha Franklin, right. Diana Ross. We weren't paying any attention to that music. Don't you know, when I was about 28 years old, I met, um, uh, oh Lord, what is her name? Mm, okay. We're having trouble with names here I, today. I'm you, I'm having, I'm trying, what in the world? Uh, and, and when Dinah I Washington. Name, no, no, it wasn't Nancy Dinah. But anyway, <laughs> many years later, I met Eartha Kitt. Ah, Eartha oh, that's Kitt. That's right. And um, she walked in, and I was performing at a uh, little bistro. Talk about a in, voice and a sound. Oh, my goodness. Wow. She was just such a sexy a little thing, you know. Yeah. But she uh, she came in, and she sat down in the back, and I knew who she was because I had always liked her. Yeah. And I'm on the microphone. I said, oh, that's Eartha Kitt. And everybody was like, who is this idiot that's blasting out this woman's name? And I walked over to her after I got off the stage. And I said, oh, Miss Kitt, I am so sorry. She said, it's all right, my darling. She said, you have a beautiful voice. What are you doing after you finish here? And I said, we're probably going to head on back down to um, Hartford. And she said, perhaps you could come and have a glass of wine with me. And I said, okay. Wow. So my pianist and I went to her farm. She had a farm in Litchfield, Connecticut. Cool. And we go there, and we're sitting on this huge, long, white sofa. And she comes with the glass of wine, and she sits down next to me, and she says, My darling, are you sure you're not related to me? You look I more like me than my I daughter. I can see that. Absolutely. I yeah. said, well, no, I, I don't think so, but I can be if you want me to be. <laughs> <laughs> and we started talking, and she told me that Dinah Washington was one of her favorite vocalists. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. But I just, and, and then years later, so many people said to me, oh, you remind me of Dinah Washington, especially when I would do uh, What a Difference a Day Man. Yes, yes. I was like, oh, my goodness. And then I thought about it. I said, by osmosis, <laughs> I heard Dinah Washington in my head. And I wasn't paying attention when my mother was playing it on Saturday morning. You were paying attention. But obviously yeah, it was. I was. You were. You know? mm -hmm. And then that led me to, Dinah, to, to um, Nancy Wilson who had that same kind of uh, uh, sultry tone to That's her voice. That's right. I loved, love. love, I still do. I love Nancy. Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to be, I don't, I don't know Nancy. <gasps> oh, oh we are going to have to educate you. And I want oh. you to start right now. <laughs> well, you know what? One of the most famous songs that she did was um, one that I do. Uh, it's uh, called Guess Who I Saw Today. You ever Ooh, heard that? No. Oh, mm -mm. it's a wonderful, mm -mm. wonderful song. I have often said they need to rename it. I want. You got busted. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> ask you again to, to sing a little bit. Yeah, oh, come goodness. on, Linda. This of, of Nancy. You're so late getting home from the office. Did you miss your train? Were you caught in the rain? Please don't bother to explain can I fix you a quick martini as a matter of fact I think I'll have one with you for to tell you the truth I've had quite a day too 
Guess who I saw today, my dear? I went in town to shop around for something new. Thought I would grab a bite to eat when I was through. This song is longer than I thought it was. <laughs> I like it. I think you Guess got who I, like I saw it. today, my dear. That is such a signature song for her. It's beautiful. Yes. And it's it's done so beautifully by her. I'm on Again, it. the voice is not awake. And you, you and you did that very well, I may say. Fantastic. Yeah. I think you know, we're gonna talk offline, but I, I can see a booking for you somewhere around June 10th. All right. Okay. I can see that too. I can see that All booking right. for you. Okay, so you know, I wanna say to the young people out there and those who are aspiring to be singers and producers and all of that, what Linda said today is take your time, continue to continue to enhance the talents that you have, get with some mentors, find those people that you really enjoy and connect and develop those relationships because you know, I know it's a lot of things out there that's available and accessible to you in terms of tunes online, but you know what? There is nothing better than a one-on-one -on -one personal encounter with definitely. someone to call your mentor. Definitely, definitely. But you know, one, one of the other things that I, uh, there's a young girl that I have been working with uh, as a vocal coach, not as a teacher, but as a coach, because she has a wonderful talent. But one of the things that, that disturbs me about young talent is that they don't go and get that foundation. They gotta have that foundation. Those old songs, the, 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 uh, the, uh, Rogers and Hammerstein yeah. and the, mm -hmm. uh, the Cole Porter and all. you gotta go back and get that stuff in order for you to develop who you are as an artist and so many of them don't know see my sons knew all of it right because we played all yep. of it yep. and uh, by the time they found themselves they liked country Right. They liked blues, yep. they liked jazz, they, they liked everything, and they knew something about every one of those genres. Right. But so many of these young people today, I, I, I asked this child, I said, do you know Over the Rainbow? And she said, uh, who did that? Yeah. I yeah. cringed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I said, honey, those are the kind of songs you've got to know. Because when you go for an audition, they don't want you to audition with Rihanna's song. Not to say Rihanna's mm -hmm. not good, mm -hmm. but that's not what they want to hear. Yeah. They, they have proven that these people could sing. Now, if you can come in and you can do any of what they could do, then they know you can sing Yes. when you're going to an audition. Great advice. It is. Great it advice. Is. To yeah. put music on. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things about American Idol that I liked yeah. is that the kids would come in and sing older right. music. Yes. Right. You know, because they got to have that. Uh, if you don't have that foundation, you get lost. I know? agree with you. And I don't think you can find your niche without understanding what it was about before you. Right. Right. Great. So. That was a great piece of advice. And I will I include hope. that as well yeah. when I'm talking to my students. Yeah. Linda, is there anything else you would like to add? Is there a parting uh, nugget? With, is there a parting uh, nugget of wisdom that you would like to share with the audience? I just think that when young people decide to embark on a career, be it music or whatever it is, they gotta have tunnel vision. 
one of the things that my mother used to say, and it used to make me so angry with her, well, you need to go to nursing school so you can have something to fall back on. No, I don't want to fall back on something. But guess what? Of all the things that I did not take of my mother to my sons, that's the one that I did take. I said, no, you guys don't need to go get a job. That's all there is to it, because you don't know if this is going to work. And my boys at nine years old said to me, Mommy, one day I'm going to be famous and I'm going to take care of you. I said, okay, that's great. <laughs> and when they graduated from high school, I sent them to uh, Clark, Atlanta, and they were there for one semester, came back for the second semester, and they were offered $80,000 apiece to go and sign a contract with Columbia Records. Who was going to compete with that? I couldn't. I wanted them to go to school. They wanted to do their music. And then even when they got to school, they were still doing their music. So I think that once our children have decided what they want to do, we have an obligation to just be supportive of whatever that is. I don't say it as if I'm patting them on the back, but my boys have never done anything but music. But you know, that's a compliment as well. Um, you know, so many times we as parents, we're still thinking the traditional education, the traditional learning Absolutely. styles. It doesn't work. That one size fit all doesn't work for it the doesn't. kids today. My granddaughter had to teach me how to readjust my thinking to what it was they wanted to do. When she was in college, I used to send her money every two weeks for $100. Well, I was also a signer on her account. I didn't know where all that money was going. So I go to the bank and I look at it, I look at her account and I'm going, oh my gosh, what is she doing? She was spending all of my money because she had taught herself how to tattoo. That was part of her art that she enjoyed. And she wanted to be an entrepreneur. She didn't think I would support uh. the tattooing. So she wanted to do it, learn it, and already in the business before sharing. So when I confronted her, you know what she says? She says, well, Ganny, why are you so surprised? Why are you coming down on me so hard? I just want to be in a white male-dominated industry just like you. Now, that <laughs> was really, go. really interesting. Wow. She was so smart with that. The money she made from her tattooing, she opened up a business account and kept her money and wow. kept spending mine. <laughs> Smart girl. <laughs> Smart girl. So, you know, so she's got the entrepreneurial skills. I remember it. It yes. took me back to when I was a little girl in Mississippi with my grandfather and my aunts. This has been a great show, Linda. I have you enjoyed it. You shared your musical so talents with us. Your vocals are absolutely superb. Oh, thank Brilliant. you. And uh, but next time, could we do it like 4 o'clock? My voice is really awake. We can do it whenever, <laughs> whenever you want. You just let us know because we will bring you back. <laughs> yes. Okay. And we I will bring you glad back. to come back. Yes. And Fantastic. you know, what I'm thinking here, I, I work with a lot of schools, and I would like to bring a young vocalist on. I love it. We have a young lady by the name of Leandra Holiday. Okay. Leandra is now working on her master's degree. She was the first recipient of our scholarships. Wow. wow. When we initially started giving scholarships, we had $5,000. We gave $2,500 to Leandria, and we gave $2,500 to Tracy Jackson. Okay. Both have taken the money graduated from college and doing very, very well. Right. I would love for you to meet her. Oh, I'd love to meet her. I'd love we'll to. We'll make it happen. Please, please. Yes, please. yes. Sarah, did Excellent. you have any other questions I don't. Today? I just keep staring at Linda. <laughs> 
What is my it, I, your eyebrow? Too. It's your yeah. eyes. Your hair is so cool, and she's just cool. My granddaughter. She's, she's ten years. She's cool. Eleven now. I'm sorry. She just turned eleven. If I if she heard me say she was ten, she would kill me. And the singing kind of just relaxed me. She said to her mother. <laughs> I want my hair like Yaya's. I yeah. want to wear my hair like Yaya's It's hair. beautiful. And I was like, yeah, but it's too much. I said, because it's just a big old bush. And she said, that's okay, Yaya, I like your hair. So, and, and somewhere online, I think it still is there. Father's Day last year, I was performing in McDonough, and I brought my granddaughter with me. So she wanted to sing a song for her dad. Nice. For uh, she was ten years old. Yeah. And she said, "Yeah, yeah, you have to do my hair so it looks like yours." So I found her this cute little dress and cute little shoes, and I rolled her hair up and braided it and all of that, and she came out with a curly afro. Oh, nice. So we get there, and she's singing to her dad. She got kind of scared at first, and this kid has never had stage fright. She's just something else. She's just like her, yeah, yeah. But she, um, she got up to the microphone and she said. Fish gotta swim, birds gotta fly. I gotta love one dad till I die. And the whole audience went crazy. Oh, I sure <laughs> did. Oh my gosh, this is great. And somebody said to her, well, uh, uh, her name is Bella. Well, Bella, um, who taught you that song? Oh, I just heard my Yaya sing it and I knew I wanted to sing it too. There you go. Very nice. See, but you like my hair? I look like my Yaya. I do. <laughs> You know, it's amazing the things we do oh that my. the kids are observing yes. that we don't pay attention. And yes. that's why we need to always be at our great behavior. That's right. Whatever always. that great is. Yes. Oh, I thought you were, you were going to say, we always need to be the chick in, in charge. charge. I thought she was going to say yep. that too. Well, hold on. I will. <laughs> okay. The, the chick, chick in charge. charge. Yes. <laughs> Way to go, Mary. Yeah. Subscribe to The Chicken Charge at thechickincharge.com. Get a free download of Mary Parker's Tips for Success, tips that'll make short work of some of today's most challenging issues facing female business owners. Thanks for listening to The Chicken Charge.